Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. It's the nothing personal word of the day. It's Mayday. That's from the French Mayday. Help me, help me, Rhonda. Help me. The Super League is crumbling. It was a pebble that turned into a stone that turned into an avalanche. It was the single worst idea in the history of football. It was a straight money grab by the biggest teams. It's the biggest fear of all the lesser teams, the teams who are subject to relegation. It was the entire hope of big market teams all over the United States of America that if they can do it in football overseas, we can do it here. Get rid of the little people. We started with the middle class and now we're moving on to the lower class. We're taking it all. Mayday. What happened? My phone was off. That's what they kept saying. Is there a problem? Boris Johnson, prime minister of UK. We will find a legislative answer to this. Fans, players, pundits, people in the media, people with a microphone. There's no way they're doing a super league. There's no way they're going to get a closed league in European football. It's impossible to do. There's, oh no, it's not impossible. Here's what we're going to do. We got 12 of us together. We're good. We're going to find three more. We're going to get Paris Saint-Germain. No problem. They're the biggest in France. We got to get them. We're going to get the teams in Germany. What was it, Coca? Bundesliga? Baverne? Bayarne? Badarne? Cavarne? Caverne? Come on, Coca. Get in the game. Bayern. Buy low, sell high. We're going to get them all. All of a sudden, word comes out. It can't be true. Chelsea? Chelsea? Chelsea Dagger? I love that song, Coca. Chelsea Dagger said we're out. We can't handle the pressure. They're stopping the bus from passing. What does that mean? The fans, no fans are allowed at games. There's Premier League matches going on while the announcement is being made. The owners of the teams are clueless to the point that Alicia Silverstone doesn't even understand. The bus is approaching the pitch. They're blocked by a thousand fans. The fans are yelling, let my people go, go down. Wrong holiday, wrong religion. Football is a religion. I'm losing my mind. A player has to get out of the bus. A former player, one of the most popular players in Chelsea history. Let's just call him John Doe, which is code for, I had never heard of him before yesterday. He gets off the bus and he starts talking to them saying, we hear you. You are not alone. Up yours. We're not Liverpool, man. Yeah, but you're not alone. We hear you. All of a sudden, Chelsea says we're out. Big news. One of the Super 12 says we're not going forward with this. We had no idea. That's the joke of this whole process. We had no idea people would react this way. Who could have possibly figured this would be the response? So that started the pebble going down the mountain. It hit a stone. It combined to form a bit of a boulder. And then Man City said, I guess we're out too. Man United, see ya. Tottenham, bye-bye. What about the pool of liver? They left too. The entire Premier League, all six teams from the Premier League who were part of the Super League, 48 hours after the Super League was formed, dropped out of the Super League. Why? 
because all of a sudden it was not a good business move. What changed? The Premier League teams and the other members of the Super League team, with the exception of Real Madrid and Barcelona, who unbeknownst to anybody else are still in the Super League. It's not a Super League. It's like El Clasico on steroids. I wonder if Real Madrid and Barcelona will just play each other every single week, three matches per week, and then the winner of that will win some sort of jockstrap. That'll be the special cup they play for. It'll be a supersize cup. Can't you just picture right now the head of the Super League, that guy Florentino Perez, who is the head of Real Madrid? Can't you just picture him like the last guy in the Titanic? Not the captain, the captain jump ship ready. That was Liverpool. But can't you just picture him standing there playing his violin saying, we're fine. Everything's fine. Hey, Leo, did you get a boat? Nah, we're good. I'm good. I'm good. Say hi to Kate. I hope she grows up. By the way, tell Kate to share the damn door. You can both survive. I'm going to be good. I'm staying right here with this ship. Who's with me? Who's with me? So I said, when is John Henry going to speak? And boy, did he ever. Three o'clock this morning, we knew he couldn't be silent. And what to me and to Coca in our pregame preparation for Nothing Personal Today, said, why does John Henry look, with the exception of some yellow flowers, like he is filming a hostage video from Al-Qaeda? Well, he does. This is what John Henry had to say. And I'm sorry. We're and sorry. I'm responsible for the... We're sorry. We're sorry. 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 We're sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. So sorry. 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 I'm deeply sorry. Totally sorry. Sorry. Oh, je m'excuse. John Henry gets on for two and a half minutes, bless his soul. With zero inflection in his voice looking like he had just been run over by the bus that he no longer has. And he said, I am deeply sorry to the players, to all of the people who've supported Liverpool. We've worked so hard in the past decade. We're trying to do what's right for the people of Liverpool. Have you ever heard a larger load of dung than that? ever in your life listening to nothing personal or the statements of owners or presidents or GMs or players that the owner of Liverpool himself stood up and said, listen, we're listening to you now. We're sorry. Is that the greatest epiphany in the history of 48 hours? How does this end? Because this is far from over, folks. This ends with tears and a potential sale. It ends with a fight because what was going to be change in UEFA and in FIFA that would have benefited many of the clubs involved in this Super League. If I'm in the league now, in the Premier League, if I'm one of the teams not invited to the Partey, I'm making sure that these teams suffer.
because I'm not forgetting and I'm not accepting the apology. This will go down in history in the sport of football, but also in every North American sport as a failed coup attempt. And it's not that I don't take coup attempts seriously when they're involving governments, when they involve life, death, murder, genocide, and rampage. I'm talking about a sports coup by the haves to get more from the have-nots, to completely ignore their customers, their fan base. And by the way, this will be the last episode of Nothing Personal because Coke and I are starting our own public relations consulting company because how can it be that that many billionaires are that clueless? Later in the show, we're gonna talk about another very wealthy owner who's just as clueless. We've got so much business, Coca, we don't have time for nothing personal. Nah, we'll always make time for you. We're so loyal to you because you're so loyal to us. Just tell me how it happens. Do they sit in a room? I think they're on Zoom. I don't think John Henry's gotten on the Flintstones plane and gone all the way to London recently. So I'd have to believe that they were on the Zoom room, signing up, getting the billions of dollars from JP Morgan, who by the way, couldn't care less. And JP Morgan, they're friends of ours, involved in our banking with the Marlins and the Expos. But who exactly was in charge of that $6 billion decision? Was it Jamie Dimon? I think so. You know it was, Jamie. You're the head of JP Morgan. That kind of deal is not happening without you knowing. You didn't think that you were about to be associated with the worst possible move? Here in America, we think we understand everything. We think we know more than anyone. We have a complex, people call it the Napoleon complex for me just because I'm 5'5". Five, five. That's not what it is. It's a complex that is 50% intelligence and 50% delusion. And when you put those together, poof, mistakes can happen. And in this case, these guys got on the Zoom room phone and they said, we're good. Let's announce this. Yeah, I know we just voted for the changes in UEFA, but let's just announce Super League right now. We'll put Perez out there to say football's dying. We'll put him out there to say we need the young kids. We'll put him out there to say the pandemic has crushed us. Don't tell them about our private planes and our billions of dollars and how much money we've made because of the pandemic in the market and everywhere else we've made it. Don't tell them that. Just say we've got to do it. Oh, wait a minute. Should we speak to our players? No, don't worry. They're good. What about the fans? Yeah, no, we'll just announce it after and they'll be fine. They want to see better matches. They'd rather sit through El Clasico every single day. Yeah, no, we're good. Wait, wait a minute. Should we, should we consider the possibility that there could be legislative interference by any of these countries? Legislative interference? Don't be ridiculous. Of course there won't be. They've got bigger fish to fry like figuring out how to vaccine their country and open it up again to tourism. They don't care about this. Wait, do they get voted in? Oh, no, they're appointed. Oh, no, they're voted. Hey, can anyone tell me are people voted in or appointed? If they're voted, do you think the fans, they can do a recall? Wait, can politicians ever get recalled for making a bad move in sports? Hey, let me call Samson. Hold on. Hey, I, I want to talk to Samson. Did anyone ever get recalled in your stadium deal? Because when I was there, John Henry, this is John Henry, by the way, when I was there, we didn't get a stadium deal done. But I don't remember. Did you get one done? You're damn right we did, Johnny. 
And what happened? Oh, yeah, the mayor got recalled, John. Remember, the mayor who supported us got recalled. You think politicians aren't paying attention to that fact all around the world right now? Yes, they are. Thank you, David. Thank you, John. Thank you, David. Bye, John. Bye, John. Bye, David. Good night, John boy. That's the story of the Super League. And it's done. Finished. Finito. They cried mayday, mayday, and no one listened. That ship's on the bottom of the ocean, and they're going to need Jimmy Cameron to find it. I don't even know how to segue to the next topic. It's the second big topic of the day. Coke and I tried to figure this out. You just have to do it, so we're just doing it. I know you're all aware of the verdict the expected verdict that took place in the Derek Chauvin case. He was found guilty on three counts. I want to go through a couple of things regarding the trial and the verdict and what happened after and what needs to happen after. Number one, people have asked me on Twitter, David P. Sampson in my DMs, on Instagram, David P. Sampson in the messages, which once in a while I can figure out how to toggle right, but not often. Ones who know me can get my text on cell phone. And even stranger when they find me on WhatsApp, which concerns me from time to time, unless it's not a catfish. The question was, can you explain how can you be guilty of three things with the same action? So I wanted to explain so everyone understands how the legal system works. He was charged with three crimes, three separate crimes. One, when he put his knee on Raymond Floyd's neck, that is second degree unintentional murder. When you know or believe that an action you are taking is going to result in the death of someone, that is going to be unintentional murder. Forgive me, I said Raymond Floyd. I don't know why I said that, Coca. It's George Floyd, of course. Oh, Raymond Floyd is a, is a golfer, I believe. I don't know why that was in my head. The second crime was third degree murder. Third degree murder requires the accused to have, quote, a depraved mind. What the prosecution had to prove is that the action of Derek Chauvin would cause the death of George Floyd and that Derek Chauvin wanted that to be the result of his action. Guilty. And the final charge was called second degree manslaughter. Manslaughter is a lesser felony than murder. In Minnesota, second degree manslaughter is culpable negligence that causes death. You get drunk, you get in your car, you run someone over. That's going to be second degree manslaughter. You are culpably negligent. And that negligence by getting in the car drunk has caused the death of another individual. The negligence in this case was Chauvin having reckless disregard and indifference toward George Floyd's life. And his negligence in doing the knee on the neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds was culpable negligence that caused the death of George Floyd. Three counts three separate verdicts, all guilty. Word came in yesterday that a verdict had been reached by the jury. Everyone in the legal profession 
knew exactly what the verdict was before it was read. It was guilty on all counts. The reason you know that is after 10 hours of deliberation, the only verdict you're going to get in a case like this is guilty. People said it could be a hung jury and we said no. The way you get a hung jury is you go to the judge and you say, your honor, we can't come to a verdict because we need unanimity and we can't get us to agree it's 10 to two, we're hung. And the judge would say, you've been there for 10 hours. Go back and deliberate more. A day passes, they go back. We're hung. The judge says, "Uh uh-uh, do this again. So in 10 hours, when a verdict is reached, by definition, that can't be a hung jury. Next, how do we know it's gonna be guilty? Because when you reach a verdict that quickly, in order to get a innocent, not guilty verdict, you need unanimity, just like you do for guilty. And you're not gonna get that in a case like this in 10 hours. So the verdict gets read, bail got remanded. What does that mean? Derek Chauvin has not been in prison this entire trial since the killing of George Floyd. He posted bail. He was not deemed a flight risk. So there was no reason to not give him bail. He was able to raise the money and stay out of prison. When you are found guilty, you are not sentenced to prison that day. The sentencing will come in eight weeks. The question is what happens to Derek Chauvin in these eight weeks? The prosecution has the right, but not the obligation to ask the judge to revoke bail and remand him to prison immediately. It is not uncommon for a prosecutor to ask it. It is not uncommon for a judge to grant that motion, but it does go with discussion. So following the verdict, the prosecution made a demand to remand the bail. The judge did not hesitate. He knew it was coming. He said, granted, bail revoked, defendant remanded to prison. He starts serving his term now. He will get credit for these eight weeks when he is sentenced. People are hoping he gets 40 years. My guess is it'll be around 20 and he'll get credit for these eight weeks. How do we react to this? Every channel was live, whether it was Fox or CNN, didn't matter. Whether you're on the right or the left, it didn't matter. There was no other way to react than by saying we are hopeful this is just the beginning. Unfortunately, there were certain politicians and certain sports teams who didn't quite get it right. Nancy Pelosi, majority leader, that's Chuck Schumer. Nancy Pelosi is the speaker, said, thank you, George Floyd, for your life. That didn't go over well. I think what she was trying to say is we needed this to happen for us to move forward as a society. That can't be right. It can't be. Sports teams made an attempt. They all had statements ready to go. Every league had a statement. Critical. Plenty of time to write the statement. The NFL took the lead and said today's outcome in the Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis does not undo the loss of life. Mr. George Floyd should be here with us today. Our hearts remain with the Floyd family and we understand the pain, anger, and frustration does not go away even when justice is delivered. 
Importantly, even as we identify reasons for hope, we must continue to help move our society toward a more equal and just tomorrow. We are proud to partner with NFL players and clubs and remain committed to do the important work needed to make positive change in our society. Thank you, Roger. In the wake of today's verdict, Major League Baseball hopes to contribute to the healing process by continuing to work with our players, the Players Association and the Players Alliance to advance the values of social justice, equality, diversity and inclusion. The magic words have been spoken. MLB as a spokesperson, now they hired a black woman to be the head of equality, diversity and inclusion. Chief people person, I think they call her. Leagues or teams are all hiring diversity and inclusion people. We're good, right? We got someone in that department. Check the box. I'm not being cynical about what leagues are doing. NFL putting $300 million toward this. What do you do when you have a lot of money and you feel powerless, but you know you have to make change because you've got big business at stake? You pledge. Follow-up has been rare. Words have been common, actions have been few, results have been dismal. And I'm not blaming the league. I'm not blaming any player. I'm not blaming anybody. I am merely stating that change in our country can't come from Roger Goodell or Rob Manford or Adam Silver it comes from you. That's who. From the bottom up, from the middle down, from the top to the middle, from the top down. Did I touch them all, Coca? It goes in every direction at all times. I hope going forward that we all learned a lesson about what we can do as sports fans, as business leaders, as citizens in a community. When you see something, say something. The sad fact of the George Floyd murder is this trial only happened because of the courageous videotaping of, an aunt, of a bystander. If Steve Jobs had not invented the iPhone, Derek Chauvin is still working as a police officer in Minneapolis. And George Floyd is still dead. Is that what it's going to take? for everyone to think they're on camera at all times? Do we want to live in that kind of George Orwellian society where just cameras are on us at all times, no matter what, and we don't even see them, we don't even know? I guess that's a bit of a wait to see. What about when you're the owner of a team? We saw Derek Jeter pop up a few days late asking to stop Asian hate. He didn't let Kim Ang do it. The Las Vegas Raiders said, we have an idea. We are going to send a tweet that says, I can breathe. We're going to put it with a black background, which is our color. And we're going to put the date for 2021. And we're not going to do it stoned. We're doing it sober. Well, that didn't go well, folks. And then something happened that I'd never seen happen before. It wasn't that Mark Davis apologized on behalf of his organization. He's the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, son of the great Al Davis. He took full responsibility for the tweet, said it was his idea. He said he got that 
from Floyd's brother, who after the verdict said today, we are able to breathe again. And Mark Davis said that was a powerful statement. So he thought saying I can breathe was not tone deaf. In fact, it was reading the room perfectly. It made me feel like Mark Davis belongs in the Zoom room with the Super League people. An inability to read a room, that is exactly why you have advisors. Do you think Mark Davis gets on his phone and has access to his team's Twitter account? Not a chance. Do you think that employees saw this tweet and said, we love it, Mark? My name is David Sycophant, and we love that tweet. Post it. No one had the intestinal fortitude to say, we think this isn't going to go over well. We think it shows straight tone deafness. Well, the Raiders got absolutely pummeled. And instead of taking the tweet down, they doubled down and they kept it pinned. It is amazing how difficult it is these days to run a business, to own a business. It used to be all you have to do is think about P&L. All you have to do is think about making sure you've got satisfied customers. Hertz, you're number one. Ha ha, we're number one. KYC, the most important concept in business, know your customer. Two examples, the Super League and how people are reacting to the verdict. One involved life and death, one involved complete stupidity. The lesson to be learned is to understand the seriousness of a particular subject that you're dealing with and treat it as such. Proportional response, a concept that they don't teach you in business school, they don't teach you in law school, it's a feel, it's an instinct. And when you're interviewing for a job, you can't tell your boss or future boss that you have it. It's something that they learn that you have and it's how you rise to the top. The concept of proportional response, a concept that George Floyd lost his life over. When we come back, we're gonna review a documentary about a singer I had only briefly heard of and seen for a moment at a random Grammy Awards. And we are also gonna take you inside the first negotiating session between the Major League Baseball owners and the Major League Baseball players. We'll be right back. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think there'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you for downloading, following, subscribing, for making this show what it is. Please tell your friends about Nothing Personal. Tell them to download it, listen to it. You never know. You may learn something. You may smile or you may press fast forward. But our retention numbers say you're not doing that. Thank you for all the questions that you ask for listening to the end of month mailbag episodes, the Samson sit downs. We're going to have a great sit down coming up in the next week or two. Can't remember when Coca may even be next week. It'll be a surprise. We get to watch a movie every day on nothing personal. I watch one every day. I've been doing that for decades. I love it. And now I get to review it. It is Oscar week. Friday's show. Get ready. We'll have the predictions. Don't turn the show off. Don't not download it. You know you want to hear the predictions of the Oscars coming Friday. But in the last few days, I watched a documentary that got my attention. And it was by and about a singer named Billie Eilish. I don't know Billie Eilish. I didn't know any of her music. I knew she had won a Grammy. I knew she had done some performances. I knew she was in a band, I thought, with another person. Turns out to be her brother. Didn't know that. The documentary is about her life, and she's only 19, and this was filmed when she was 17 and 18, so she hasn't exactly lived a lot. But it was a documentary about child fame and parents setting their children up to be stars. It reminded me a little of the prequel of what the prequel to Free Britney would be. I'm worried about Billie Eilish. It's called The World's a Little Blurry. And the world's not blurry because of drugs. The world's not blurry because she doesn't have 2020. The world's a little blurry because being Billie Eilish is not easy. And I cannot imagine any parent who loves a child wanting that life for the child. The better part of this documentary is spent with her being depressed, despondent, talking about how she wanted to hurt herself, talking about how she doesn't want to have to do meet and greets anymore because she's tired of having to be in a good mood just because the label is bringing in friends and family to meet the great Billie Eilish. I spent the entire documentary feeling sorry for her while falling in love with her music. It's soulful, it's deep, it's depressing, it's introspective, it's got great rhythm, and kids and adults are loving it. The documentary is a little premature because she's got a lot of life left to go, but if you want to be introduced to Billie Eilish, and you want a clear picture of why and how she became who exactly she is today, then the world will be a little less blurry for you when you watch this documentary. Nothing personal pick of the day. Damn, 
Zach Plesac stinks. I thought the Indians would beat the White Sox, but they didn't. I thought Carlos Rodon would give up a hit in the first three innings. He did. That wait to see came true. Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen, and then either it does or it doesn't. We said Carlos Rodon will not get back-to-back no-hitters. He will give up a hit, and he did in the first three innings, but he had a very good game. We lost. We're at 52-33. and I want to do a Minnesota shout-out here. The Twins have lost a bunch in a row. They got swept by the Oakland Athletics yesterday in a 14-inning doubleheader. They've got their ace on the mound. Some people say it's Berrios. I say it's Maeda, the former Dodger castaway, who now is pitching incredibly well. The Oakland A's have won 10 in a row. Never bet against a streak ever. Yesterday was an emotional day for Minnesota, quite obviously. The Twins acknowledged they didn't know whether or not they were going to play, depending on the verdict. Then they had to play two, lost two. Today, they are back with clarity. The A's losing streak starts today. The winning streak ends. The Minnesota Twins beat the A's. This is about emotion. This is about Maeda. This is about getting our 53rd win and getting back to 20 games over 500. Nothing personal pick of the day. Twins over the Athletics of Oakland. All right, Coca, let's make some magic. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson is when you get into my Twitter, David P. Samson, ask a question. Yesterday was a special one because So You Want to Talk to Samson is based on the movie Half-Baked. I've already told you, you can be a quarter-baked. For all of you new listeners out there, and there are a lot of you from what I've been told by the powers that are, were, and may be again at Central Broadcasting System. I don't think that's what CBS stands for, does it, Coca? I just totally made that up. I don't know why that's in my mind. What does CBS stand for? I really do think it's Central Broadcasting System. NBC is the National Broadcasting System. ABC is the American Broadcasting System. Is it possible, Coca, that CBS is the Central Broadcasting System? Is it possible that you have stopped listening and watching the show as the producer? I guess it is. All those things are equally as possible. Coca's telling me it's not Central, it's Columbia. I think he may be right. You are watching the Columbia Broadcasting Network. That's CBN. Whatever. I don't even know why I was mentioning CBS. Oh, because they're the powers that be? Oh, and they like it when you listen to the whole show? Oh, they don't know that you don't know that Half Baked is a movie where they always want to talk to Samson? And I tell you, it's funny if you're fully baked. It's decent if you're not baked at all. And you will laugh if you're half baked. The question asked of me yesterday, let me cut right to the chase. I like questions like that. Instead of all the preamble, just get right to it. By the way, let me cut right to the chase means you're not getting right to it. Do I have to worry about a strike in MLB next season? Thank you for asking. That's on everybody's mind, right? Everybody's read and heard and seen Rob Manford cry about the relationship with the players and the players cry about the relationship with the owners. They're cheap. They're making money. They're making a fortune, Boras said. They're hiding their money. The Red Sox are taking their money and giving it to Liverpool. The Yankees are taking their money and giving it to themselves. The Marlins are taking their money and giving it to Jeffrey. Nah, none of that's true. 
But we do know the collective bargaining agreement expires on December 1st, 2021. Today's April 21st, 2021, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Seven months and 10 days till the expiration. They got a lot of work to do. It takes a long time to get to an agreement. They're hundreds of pages long. You do some copy and pasting from the last agreement. You redline the changes. You get both sides to agree on the changes. Both sides vote. And then you've got yourself a new agreement. Unless one side wants to materially change the existing agreement. Yes, I'm talking to you players because the players have said they want to make a lot of changes. They want to help the competitive integrity of baseball. They don't want teams tanking. They want more teams spending more because then there's more competition for players. They're okay with the Mookie Betts of the world, the Tatises of the world. The rich of the rich, the best of the best are getting paid. But what about the middle people? The middle class has been squozing to the point of finito. Analytics says don't pay middle of the road players extra money. Pay young players no money and you'll get the same performance and the same wins above replacement. The union says we've got a lot of pain dues of members who are in the middle class who can't find jobs and are forced to retire before their time. We want to stop service time manipulation, the players said. Well, you're going to have to change the collective bargaining agreement significantly because service time manipulation happens, not just because I say it did, not just because the erstwhile president of the Mariners says it does, because all 30 teams do the same thing. The owners want expanded playoffs. They want to sell that to a broadcast partner, maybe Amazon, maybe MLB Network, but I doubt it. Maybe ESPN, Fox, maybe CBS. Maybe the Columbia Broadcast Station. But players have to agree to it. The owners think baseball's dying. They want to make the games shorter. The games are too long. Is that you, Florentino Perez, head of Real Madrid? No, no. That's me, Rob Manford, commissioner of baseball. Games are too long. We hired Theo to get the game shorter, to get the action rolling. We're changing rules left and right. But the rule is we can do anything we want, but we have to wait a year to do it at the big leagues. And we can make you play by our rules, even if you don't like it, players, because we get to unilaterally impose the rule changes. If we suggest them, you vote them down and we wait one year. Those are the rules of collective bargaining and the agreement we have. But the commissioner would prefer not to have that happen. He'd prefer to make new rules and have the players agree to them. He'd prefer to have the new rules written in the collective bargaining agreement. So here's how it happened yesterday. Ding. Rod Manford has joined the call. Ding. Tony Clark has joined the call. Ding. Bruce Mayer has joined the call. Ding. Dan Hallam has joined the call. Ding. Scott Boras's players have joined the call. Max, are you there? Max, hello. Max Scherzer, hello. Yes, thank you. Uh, we've got a few owners with us, a sprinkling of large market and small market owners. We also have, just for your viewing pleasure, some of the people who work in the commissioner's office are going to be doing the work and doing the drafting of these provisions. We've got some analytics people. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, hello. You have a bad connection. Hello, I can't see you. Turn your camera. Hello, Tony, can you turn your camera on? Yes, we're starting. We have to start. N no, it's not a round table. We don't have to negotiate the kind of table we're negotiating at or where we're going to negotiate. We're on Zoom. 
Are you vaccinated? How you been, Tony? Yeah, we've had a good year. You see how the numbers are up on MLB.com? Yeah, we made that up just to make us look good, but they're up, right? That's good. Uh, 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 Rob, Rob, can you see? Rob, Rob, it's Tony. You know, salaries are down for a third straight year. Yeah, but did you see what Tatis got? And he stinks. Uh, aren't you making him the face of baseball? Well, yeah, but okay. Bruce, Bruce, are you there? Oh, no, you're talking to Scott? No, Scott's not invited to this Zoom. Oh, no, he, you're talking to him on the other line? All right, what's Scott telling you to do? Can you talk now, Bruce? No, no, it's a round table. It doesn't have to be a square table. We're going to have to meet several times. No, I, I know Scott's got vacation. Hold on one second. Dan, can you please get Boris off this call? Rob, there's nothing I can do. I'm just the deputy commissioner. I can't tell the union not to allow Scott Boris on the other line with an IFB into Bruce Mayer's ears. Okay. Are we good? All right. Can we start? Can you, can you hear me? All right. Let's start. I'd like to welcome everybody. My name's Rob Manford. I'm the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and I'm on a bit of a salary drive. I was hired to make sure we get a good deal again because there's been no work stoppage since 1995. We've all enjoyed 26 years of uninterrupted play, and I think we got to keep that going. And we are here to tell you that we're going to do everything we can to get to an agreement because we don't want to have to lock you out. We don't want you to have to strike. We can't afford to hurt this sport anymore because we may say we're the top sport, but don't you forget, we're not. The NFL, those teams are worth multiple, multiple billions. Rob, your lowest team just sold for a billion dollars. Don't talk to me about $1 billion. We're talking about two, three, four billion. We're trying to get this asset allocation and asset value up. And the way to do it is with a good collective bargaining agreement and to work hand in hand with you, the union. That's all I have to say for today. Tony, do you have anything you'd like to say? Uh, thank you, Rob. Bruce, am I good now? Last collective bargaining agreement, you took advantage of me because all I cared about as a former player were creature comforts for players. I wanted better buses, better planes, better chefs, better food, better hotels, better rooms, better off days. But now we've hired Boras and Mayer. We've got all these players on the executive council who want to pay it forward. And this year, I'm all about the younger players and getting them their money. Thank you. Wait, wait, Tony, is that it? You you have no more? You're all you just want younger players to get you what, what, hold on one second. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you. I'm gonna mute you. I just have a question. Dan, question. They're only about service time manipulation. Why don't we offer them right now? The full collective bargaining agreement will make one change, which is that arbitration can be reached not in your third year of service. Let's give everyone arbitration in their second year of service. We're going to cut a full year off. This will give owners an opportunity to non-tender players, much more, many more players, and the young players will not have as much bulk. They won't be able to argue in front of an arbitrator that they deserve three, four, five million dollars. It's just like every player getting four years of arbitration. Who cares? Do you know the number of players who make it through four years of arbitration and free agency? It's de minimis. Wait a minute. Was I not on mute? Christ. Bruce, it's Tony. We just heard their plan. We cannot accept extra arbitration. We got to ask for more. Tony, get out there and tell Rob it's not about service time manipulation. It's also about competitive integrity. All right, I'm doing that right now. Sorry, Rob, I got to interrupt. 
It's not just service time manipulation. This is about making sure that nobody tanks. What do you mean nobody tanks, Tony? Houston tanked. They won a World Series. Look at their payroll now. Teams go up and down. It's not tanking. It's just realistic. Not all 30 teams have a chance to win. Don't bother me with that, Rob. I don't even understand your argument. Bruce, what's the argument? Scott, what's the argument? Tony, this is Bruce. The argument is we need all 30 teams to have a chance to compete because we want them all to maybe make the playoffs because then they're all going to sign more players. Rob, you get that. Dan, what is he talking about? Tony, do you hear me? One second, Bruce. Rob, it's Tony again. If we allow expanded playoffs in return for arbitration after only two years of service, do we have a deal? Stop. Stop the meeting. What? Hold on my ear. Scott, I can, you don't scream. We cannot have expanded playoffs without a guarantee of increased payroll and a payroll floor because expanded playoffs will guarantee the teams want mediocrity. I know because I'm an agent and I know what it means to be an owner. Okay, you got that? Don't repeat the last part. Tony, tell Rob that Scott knows. No, no, don't say it, Scott. Tell him we know what it's like to be an owner. And we know very well that if there's expanded playoffs, the owners are motivated not to win, just to be mediocre. Tony, this is Rob. Dan, I got this. I got it. Rob, what, what? Yeah, Tony, what are you talking about? That's Scott Porras's point of view. No owner wants to finish 500. I used to be an owner. Dan, Rob, no, you weren't. That was Bud. Oh, sorry, I wasn't an owner. What I'm saying is I know teams want to win World Series. Why would they want to win 81 games and make a fortune and profit? That's ridiculous. They're in it for the rings. Rings? Ring? Bring? Hello? Is, is that you? Roger? No. Roger? Roger? We want to be you, Roger. All right, meeting adjourned. That's what it's like. That was the first meeting. You know what, folks? There's going to be so much more going on in Major League Baseball. I promise you. I really do. And at the end of the day, there'll be many more meetings that we'll get to discuss. At the end of the day, there'll be give and take by the players. There'll be give and take by the owners because both sides know very well that a work stoppage that causes the loss of games I don't mean a work stoppage that happens during the off season where they just close the facilities because the, the owners can lock out the players on December 1st and say, don't come to spring training facility right now in December. But there will be no missed games. Baseball is too smart. Players are too smart. There is too much at stake. They are not hockey. They will not lose a season or a game post-pandemic because at the end of the day, no matter who's on which side, no matter how many earpieces are where, the reality is that it's just business. It's nothing personal. 